So we're going to be in Psalm 23 to finish up our little short series. I do have uh, one addendum to the Baptist history that Brother Brady was uh, mentioning there. He said, you know, Brother Clearwater had started seminary and Brother Gilmore went there, but also Pillsbury, Brother Schwanke was there, right? Yep, Pillsbury. And so, again, the, the thousands of people who have been affected through Brother Gilmore's ministry, Brother Schwanke's ministry. In 1986, Brother Schwanke came to Lakes Pond Baptist Church in Connecticut, where my brother had invited me to attend. And I got right with God that evening. And two years later, in 88, he came through and was having a revival. And I got called to preach. And so his, Brother Clearwater's ministry has affected our church and many other churches around the nation and even internationally because of one prodigal son getting right with God. Amen? And so just think what God could do with you. And he wants to serve, us to serve him. He's got a plan for all of our lives. And it's just amazing what God can do. So, Psalm 23. We'll read the whole psalm. It's not that long. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over, surely... Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, your goodness. Thank you for the testimony of, uh, of others, Lord, who have um, found you as shepherd and that you've worked through their lives. And Lord, that's encouraging to us to know that you can work through our lives. Pray that you would use this psalm to encourage us. Help us, Lord, to be yielded to you and follow you so that we can have the blessings that you want to give us and also the fellowship that we need. So we ask, Lord, that you'd guide and direct. Lord, there's a lot to say in this short time. Pray that you'd help me to get in what is most important, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. All right, so uh, in Isaiah 40, verse 11, there's an Old Testament passage that describes the Lord as he cares for his sheep. Kind of a, a thought to help us as we get back into this psalm. It says, he shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. So God feeds his sheep. He carries the helpless ones. Isn't that a blessing when you so faint and weary and you can't go on, he'll pick you up and carry you through. He tenderly and gently leads his people. So we should be thankful that God is a loving, kind, 
caring, protecting shepherd. Um, He doesn't overlook uh, our waywardness. As we learned last week, the rod and staff will be there to, in a way, to comfort us, yes, but that comfort is sometimes to get us back to him. And uh, we can be thankful that he's got great concern for us. And so, let me, if you have your hand out, I'll just quickly run through the, the review for the, the first few verses that we've covered over the last couple of weeks. The Lord is my shepherd. That's verse 1. He's a powerful shepherd because he's the Lord. He's the Lord of hosts. The one with all the mighty armies, and he's there to protect us. I, uh, and he said, he's a personal shepherd. So the Lord's a personal shepherd. David said, I shall, uh, my shepherd, he said. He's my shepherd. And we can say the same thing. Not just David's shepherd. He's my shepherd. He wants to guide me. And if you're not saved, you haven't received Christ as your Savior, he wants to guide you through this life and give you a home in heaven also. He's a protecting shepherd. One of the duties of shepherds was to protect the sheep from the wolves and the enemies and all those predators. And certainly we have... uh, you know, the devil who is walking about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And we've got protection, divine protection. When you stick close to the Lord, uh, the devil has no power over the Lord. Amen for that? And he can protect us when we stay close to him. Now, when we stray from him, we're away from his protecting hand. Don't be surprised when trouble comes and you smart for it. Uh, then fourthly, we see about verse 1, the Lord is a providing shepherd. I shall not want. Want means to be in need. And so God will meet our needs. He's promised that through many scriptures. Verse 2, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still water. So the shepherd provides rest. Those pastures are, th- are thick, with, uh, with thick, bountiful grass. Comfortable, right? I'd rather lay on a nice... Um, a field full of soft grass than a hard ground. And he provides rest for his sheep. And he, as he does that, you know, as a shepherd provides rest for his sheep, the Lord provides rest for our souls. The shepherd also provides refreshment. The still waters, they're safe, right? They're not turbulent. They're not tainted. And in, in, as we, we saw also, God's word is likened to water. It refreshes us daily. So, He'll lead us beside the still waters. When we come to the Bible, it shouldn't terrorize us. We should come, and even when it convicts us, we should be thankful for it, that God points out to us our needs. And we can confess that sin and get right with him. Verse 3, he restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So the shepherd provides restoration through the journey of life. We become wayward at times. We become weak. And God, as our shepherd, if, if we return to him, he'll restore us into that sweet fellowship and give us the strength that we need. Then the Lord also, the shepherd, leads us uh, to righteousness. He leads to righteousness. So the shepherds are known by the condition of their sheep, we noted. And if we're all dirty and, and unhealthy from uh, being stained with, with, with the, the sin of this world... It's not a good reflection on our shepherd. So he wants us to live a good, clean, godly, holy life. And so we should determine to walk on right paths so we don't dishonor 
the Lord. Verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. So the, the shepherd promises closeness. Um, Dave experienced a lot of troublesome times, a lot of near-death experiences, but God delivered him. And through all of those troubling times, we should be able to say, I will fear no evil. And you're going to experience troubling times. I can't re-preach all the things that we taught last week. So the shepherd then also provides comfort. We're talking about verse 4. It provides closeness, provides comfort. The rod and staff are used to count, control, and correct, uh, and even comfort the sheep. The, the, he would use the rod to protect the sheep. The staff would be used to guide and to deliver them from trouble. And the shepherd would walk along and lightly press uh, that staff against the sheep to nudge him in the right way. And sometimes the Lord does the same thing with us, puts a little pressure on us, those little inconveniences in life. That little pressure is for us to say, oh, the Lord's trying to direct me and get me in the right direction. And we shouldn't fight against that. We should be very thankful for that. And when we stray and get in a precarious place, he can reach down with his staff and, and pull us. Uh, and we just need to not fight against him. So let's, it gets us now to verse 5, and we'll hopefully have time to finish verse 5 and 6. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. So we've got a few thoughts here, three thoughts uh, from this verse. First of all, we see the shepherd's affection. The Lord loves us so much that he invites us to dine with him, right? So he's, he prepared a table for David, and he does the same for us. Now, that table, when you sit down as a family, it speaks of food, yes. It also speaks of fellowship, right? It's, it's sad that so many families are so busy, they don't take time to sit down and even eat a meal together. They're not even having time to fellowship. They don't even uh, share one another's burdens and... and um, and get to really know each other. It's just people zip in and zip out. But really, it's important to have that time of fellowship as families. But here God is saying he's prepared a table for us. And we can be sure that it'll be nourishing. And that it'll be good fellowship as we get with him. And of course, his word is uh, filled with wonderful things. When we come to church and uh, the man of God opens up the word of God. It is nourishing, and, and we get fellowship with God and fellowship with other believers. And uh, better than the provision uh, that God gives us is the fellowship that we have with the shepherd. Isn't it a blessing when you come to church, you're, you're, you're out of sorts, you've got heavy burdens, and God gives you something special from his word? It's like, I needed that. And you know what? That day, you probably didn't even feel like coming to church. And so when you don't feel like coming to church, you don't feel like reading your Bible, those are the times you need to be in church the most, and those are the times you need to read the Bible the most. And when you read the Bible and say, well, it doesn't work, you know what you do? Keep reading. Because it does work. God works. His program works. And we'll have great fellowship when we're dining with a shepherd. Oh, but wait, the verse says... Uh, that he speaks of this table in the presence of mine enemies. If I have enemies round about me, I don't know about you, I'm more concerned about them than what I'm trying to do, and they can be very distracting. But um, the foes, our foes shouldn't hinder 
our blessings and a communion that we enjoy with the Lord, should they? Sometimes we let them. Let me just remind you that our peace does not hinge on the absence of the enemy, but on the presence of the Lord. And we want all of our problems gone. We want our enemies, our foes to be gone. Listen, as long as you're in this life, you're going to have trouble. As long as you're in this life, you're going to have people oppose you and try to hinder you because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We have spiritual warfare that goes on. There's going to be times of trouble. So you're not going to get rid of all your problems. You're not going to get rid of all your enemies and all the resistance and all the opposition. It's just not all going to go away. And if you're expected. God's blessing and his comfort and his fellowship only when all those things are away. You don't have a a right picture of the Christian life. It's during those times that God's fellowship is even more sweet than ever before. It's those times that draw us closer to the Lord. And he prepares such a table um, for us with the enemy near. He doesn't do that to alarm us, but to prove that he's strong and he's faithful and he'll take care of us. So whatever's going on around us, we shouldn't let that rob our fellowship because the Lord is my shepherd. He's with me. I can make it through this. You ever say that to yourself that I can't make it through this? This is too tough. I'm done. I'm throwing in the towel. This is just over the top. I've, I've been doing this for a, a while now, and it's just, you know, I keep doing this for a while too. <laughs> and this, those times keep coming. It's like, oh, Lord. <laughs> and he's, I'm with you. I got you through before. I'll get you through again. I haven't left you. So in the presence of our enemies, wow, what a time to be able to, fellowship of the Lord even more, and that fellowship becomes so much the sweeter. The, the devil ruthlessly assaulted Job, did he not? Job suffered great loss, but God turns, he turned Satan's curse into a blessing for Job, and the shepherd intends to bless us in and despite our times of tribulations and trials. So, don't let unfavorable circumstances uh, rob you of your fellowship with the Lord. That's, that's when he wants to show himself the strongest. All right, so the shepherd's affection, we see that right there in the first part of the verse. Then we see the shepherd's anointing. Not only thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemy, he says, but thou anointest my head with oil. Now remember, as I said uh, last week, the first part of the psalm is, the, is David speaking about the shepherd. And then right near the end uh, of verse uh, f- 4 and then verses 5 and 6, it's David speaking to the shepherd. It's, it's, it's a prayer. So he's talking to God. He said, thou anointest my head with oil. And I said, well, that's kind of strange. Um, I don't want oil on my head. I use shampoo to get the oil out of my head. I use a face cloth to, to wash the oil off my face, right? Especially teenagers, you know, and young people. They're like, I don't want any more blemishes. Got to get that oil off and don't clog the pores. 
And so why on earth would I want my head anointed with oil? Well, we're talking about sheep. Okay, we're not talking about teenagers with pimples. Okay, we're talking about sheep. And people who don't own sheep might not understand the purpose of anointing a a sheep's head with oil. Uh, A danger to every sheep in the flock was this uh, menace posed by insects. These insects would um, attack the head. They would burrow into the nose, up the nose, and into the ears. They would lay their little eggs, and the larva would try to burrow right even into the brain at times. You talk about problems, right? And so now you've got um, a, a, a terrible situation for these sheep. Not only does it cause the irritation of, of, you know, something up your nose and in your ears, which, you know, we would want out, right? And so, so do the sheep. That's why sometimes you'd see them, they'd be almost going crazy. They'd be banging their heads against trees and, and all sorts of things, just trying to get some relief, and it doesn't really knock any sense into them either. But it, it threat, the, the infection would set in at times from these things. And then as they burrowed in the brain, so it was... It was a horrible thing for the sheep's head and their brain and their entire life and their existence. However, when a sheep had his head anointed with oil, in, in that was often mixed other things that would protect the sheep from these troubling pests. To keep these pests from getting into the nose and into the ear and eventually into their head and into their brain. So say, well... What is that? That is a lesson for us. We need our heads protected. The, uh, there's little pests in the world that the devil uses to irritate our minds and affect, infect, not just affect, but infect our thinking, worldly philosophies, the music of the world. All sorts of things that you put in your eye, eye gate and your ear gate, the things that you see, the things that you hear, these things of the world, these things that are devilish, these things that are filled with lust, these things that are against the Lord, the videos that people watch, the, the, the language and the, the people hear and the language that comes out of people's mouths, the dirty jokes, everything that just abounds with filth in this world is getting into our heads and into our minds, and that is going to, it, it literally drives some people crazy. Christians who just, they get headlong into sin, they don't know how to deal with it, and then you find Christians taking their life because they're so messed up. They're so far down the road of sin. They haven't come to the Lord for cleansing. They haven't come to the Lord to help him, uh, for him to help them protect their minds. And so, Young people get tired sometimes of preachers getting up and preaching against, you know, we call it rock music. And they're like, well, I don't listen to rock music. I just listen to, um, and by the way, you know, people don't want to call it CCM anymore. It's not Christian contemporary music. It's, it's uh, worship music. It still has the same evil, worldly, fleshly beat. I don't care what you call it. In the 70s, they called it disco. There's all sorts of, what do they call it, genre. Whatever you call it, if it's not good, godly, Christian music. Listen to this. If we're not singing it here, probably you shouldn't have it in your car. 
or on your phone. Just a good rule of thumb. Anyway, so the shepherd uh, wants to help us and he will anoint our head with oil. And without an anointing from the good shepherd, those, uh, as those sheep are defenseless against the pest, we're defenseless against the, the things of this world. And the devil and all the things of the world will swarm us and infect our mind and pollute us. And we'll go crazy and bang our heads. <laughs> uh, oil is an emblem of the Holy Spirit. And when we are anointed with the Holy Spirit, our minds are safe from Satan's attacks. We'll be protected. Right? There'll be times, if, you, if you've tried to walk with the Lord, there's been times where you know that you were cruising through life and you're walking with the Lord, you've got the Holy Spirit filling you and guiding you and you hear something or see something you shouldn't. And you're like, oh, I'm getting out of here. I don't want to see that. I don't want to hear that. And there's other times where you're not walking with the Lord and you haven't been so careful. and You hear or see that thing and it's like, oh, I wonder what that is. Oh, that's not good. Well, that's really not good. Let me just see how bad that really is. No. And you linger a little bit for that song and you're like, oh, that's, that's not too bad, you know. You jive in a little bit with that, you know. I had a bad background as a young person. And there have been times as, as an adult where I've just had to get up and get out of a place. Because all those words uh, kept running through my mind. I knew the next bend of the guitar string. I knew the next groan, the next whatever was coming out. And I hadn't heard those 20, 25, 30, 40 years, whatever. You know, 20 years, it was because I heard it in a, in, in a laundromat or, or a whatever place, you know. I remember traveling neighborhood Bible time and going to the laundromat, and I'm like, ah, I got to get out of here. So I got out of there. <laughs> I'm trying to walk with God. I'm trying to serve God. I'm like, yeah, let me out of here. And so when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, he will protect us. And God is willing to pour his spirit upon us. Like that shepherd pours the oil upon the head of the sheep. And he will protect us and protect our minds. And it's vital that we have our minds protected. Uh, we don't want the devil or flesh controlling our thoughts. Uh, because our, our, our flesh is very weak. Anyway, I'm going to get going here. And then the third thing about verse 5 is we see the shepherd's abundance. He says there, my cup runneth over abundance so he didn't just have a cup full he had more than enough the cup was coming just filling over and this is what the shepherd does for us he fills us with his goodness with his blessings and he just keeps piling them on when you're close to the shepherd you might say well my cup's not full well you Two things, probably. Either, first of all, you're not close to the shepherd, and he can't, you're not going to experience the filling of his, uh, that he wants to give to you. Or, secondly, he's in the process now of filling your cup. So, let him do his job. Amen? It's easy to look around and see what everybody else is doing. Oh, they have this, and I don't have that. I, my cup's not full. Well, that's their cup. You know, Brother Ramus's cup is not my cup. I'm happy for the blessings he has. 
I don't need his blessings. I need my blessings. And God knows the ones that I need, and he knows when I need them. And sometimes they linger a little bit because he wants me to stay close to him and trust him to provide for me. And he does every time. Because the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I'm not going to be left destitute. And any hardship and trouble he allows into my life, he's still with me. And my cup's running over. This is some good stuff. you got to like the Bible, amen? So when you look at your cup, make sure you're, you're seeing that it is, it is overflowing. Think about the blessings that you have and that you have had in your life. And say, wow, God's been good to me. And by the way, God's not in the habit of, of uh, feeding and watering sheep who don't show up for feeding time. You don't come to church faithfully. You don't get into the word every day faithfully, consistently. Don't expect him to fill your cup. All right? And so, well, I got all these needs, you know. Go come to church. We got services. We got services this morning. We got services throughout the week with our special revival time. So show up and um, God will fill you up. Verse number six. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So two thoughts about verse six as we finish up. First of all, we see blessings below. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Getting saved is not just about going to heaven. It's about getting through this life. I've got a shepherd to get me through this world that is, it's a wilderness. It's destitute of anything good, but God can get me where I need to go and guide me throughout the way. And uh, we have some wonderful promises here. God's mercy, he says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I like that idea. I don't have to follow and seek God's goodness and mercy. If I'm close to the shepherd, you know what happens? His goodness and mercy is pursuing me. It shall follow me all the days of my life. Every day, it's, it's coming after me. God's mercy and his goodness is coming after me. It's seeking me. I just have to stop running from him long enough for his goodness and mercy to overtake me. I'm glad we have a God who pursues us and loves us and wants to continue to bless us. And we stray, and I'm coming after you. I've got some goodness and mercy for you. We just got to slow down enough for him to catch us. Stop. If you're running from God today, stop running. You know there's something God wants you to do and you're not wanting to do it. Give up and say, okay, Lord, that's the blessed life. If there's something that you're doing that God doesn't want you to do, stop running to that and let God catch up to you and you'll find you'll have a happier life when you give that thing up. People don't get discouraged and down because they obey God. They get discouraged and down and feel regrets because they've disobeyed God. The devil has it all backwards and we've just got to follow God's way because he's got it all figured out. 
And so this promise is not for a limited time only, like the commercials say. You know, get this now, you know, for a limited time. No, it's for, he says, all the days of my life. Every day, God's goodness and his mercy are available. Hey, have you messed up this week? God's goodness is his mercy is available. Every day, all the days of my life. God never runs out of mercy. Lord, I messed up. I am so sorry. Please forgive me. Would you please forgive me? I've made a huge mess out of this. This is, this is a disaster. It's right there. His mercy is right there. And even though I may have had bountiful blessings yesterday, I wonder if they'll show up today. I don't have to wonder. Because they're going to be there all the days of my life. I can have them today. And I can have them for a host of tomorrows. That's what the Bible says. So blessings below. And then finally we see blessings above. He says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. After all the fellowship and the guidance and the blessing I receive on earth when I die. It doesn't say I might dwell in the house of the Lord. I will dwell in the house of the Lord. How long? Forever. He didn't say, I hope to go to heaven. He said, I will. He said, but David was a good guy sometimes, but he was also a sinner. Can I tell you? Saved sinners go to heaven. My salvation is not dependent on what I've done or what I haven't done. My salvation is dependent on the fact that Christ came in and did for me what I could not do. I could not live a righteous life But Christ came in and gave me his righteousness. And that's what he wants to do for all of us. If you've not come to the good shepherd with your sin and said, I am so sorry, would you please forgive me and come in my life and take this sin away and change my life. If you haven't done that, do that today. God wants to change you and give you a wonderful, he's got a wonderful plan for you. Never allow the devil or his false prophets, because there's teachers out there and preachers out there that say you can lose your salvation. No, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Jesus is the good shepherd in John chapter 10. He said, I'm the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved. Not maybe. There's no hint of doubt when God places a shall in the sentence. It's going to happen. So... You don't get saved by being good. You don't keep yourself saved by being good. You say, well, fine, and I'm just going to go live life like I want to. No, we just covered that earlier. You stray from the shepherd, you lose his blessings, you lose his protection, and you lose his provision and so much that he wants to do for you. There's a lot of motivation to continue to live for the Lord once you're saved and not go back to the, to the ways of the world and the flesh and the devil and all that. There's a lot of reasons to stay right with God. But we don't do that so that we can secure our spot in heaven. Christ does that for us. We've got to come in, in repentance of our sin to him and he will change us. A man that I knew, he's passed away now. There's a, when you talk about the blessings that, you know, oh, God did this for me and this for me. Here's something, there's a phrase he said all the time. He said, all this and heaven too. All this and heaven too. 
I get all these blessings below, and I get to go to heaven. We don't deserve the blessings in this life. We don't deserve to get to go to heaven. But we can enjoy his presence and help now and his goodness throughout all eternity. And the Christian life provides his goodness and his mercy. And then after that, eternal bliss. Just doesn't get any better than that. Stick close to the shepherd. And if you don't know him as your savior, I urge you, as Brother Schwanke preaches today, at the end of the service, we'll have what we call an invitation. You come forward and, and we'll take the Bible and show you from the Bible how you can have Christ as your shepherd and forgiveness of your sin. God is so good. Let's pray. Father, thank you.